Welcome to the New Books Network. Hello. Hello to Sandra Sutter. Hi, Mel. Hi, everybody. You, you call yourself the head honcho gnome of Gnome Road Publishing or something like that. The top gnome. Top gnome. I knew there was something. Yeah. The, the chief of staff, top gnome of Gnome Road. <laughs> and um, I'm, I'm really honored to have you here. And yes, it is a very difficult time here in Israel. Um, and we're in the middle of a horrific war that we didn't start and people don't understand us and we feel isolated. And um, we're going to put all that aside right now, unless there's an air raid siren, and uh, talk about the light, the light in the corners, which is children's literature. And you are one of the bright lights. You have your own publishing house. Um, and uh, I would be honored if you would tell us all about that. <laughs> okay, where do you want me to start? And and well, thank you, first I'll, of all, for having me. I'll, I'll tell you exactly how to start, if you wish. Uh, talk a little bit about Gnome Road. And this Mishigas, we call this in, in Yiddish, Mishigas, this crazy idea that got into your head uh, after being a, 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 a counselor and a lawyer and an author, a published author, um, and you wake up in the morning and you say, oh, I haven't had a publishing house lately. <laughs> run, run us through this, Sandra. Um, I sometimes tell people, I don't know if you've seen the movie um, Legally Blonde with Reese Witherspoon. Um, and having been an attorney in the past, I, I think this line is so funny. She, when she goes to Harvard Law School, her ex-boyfriend's like, you got into Harvard Law School? And she's like what like it's hard like she just woke up one day and decided to go to law school like that's kind of how I think about going into the publishing business it's kind of like what <laughs> like it's hard it is hard it's very hard but it was one of those you know decisions that I'm like okay I'm all in I'm going um and was it just something over coffee on Tuesday morning at <laughs> no. no I think you know a lot of it was um looking at a role that fit me best um, in the publishing world. I, the background I do have, I do like to write. Um, I like to draw and I like illustrations too, but I, I can't do it very well. But um, I realized having been a, a counselor and a mediator and a lawyer in the past, all those things, I'm really one of those people who likes to bring people together. And I like to create kind of something bigger than myself it's not just all about me or, you know, one thing that I did. And I wanted to be able to give those things to other people. You know, this, this is what we can do together. Um, and it's funny because my daughter was actually asking me a little bit about what, you know, what were you like in high school and what kind of things did you do? And I was like, well, I was the yearbook editor, you know, my junior and senior year and had been on yearbook freshman, sophomore year. And, I thought back, I'm like, gosh, I loved designing and planning and doing all those things even back then. And I just hadn't even thought about it so many years ago, because that was quite a while ago, but um, it just kind of was in my blood. So I think I just naturally gravitated, you know, I did, I did the author thing and I had written, um, I had been exposed to the process of illustrations combining with my words and I really liked it. And I was working with a lot of authors and illustrators in the kid -like community that I just really enjoyed their stories. So I thought, let's, let's work on bringing this together. Um, and so I, having kids that were young as well, you know, I looked at the things that they would read and then maybe discard and not want to read again. Um, and I thought I really want to capture those books that I think kids want to read, you know, they're, they're going to hold on to and say, no, 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 I want to read this again, or read it to me again, or they go and show their friends and um, especially my kids, they 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 take the Gnome Road books and then they go and show all their friends, you know, look, look, oh my gosh. And they love it when a book is available before it actually comes out. You know, I get my copies, what, you know, whether it's just from the printer to look things over and they take it to their library and they take it to their friends and say, look at this. This is this is a great book. And here's why. Um, that's what how, I want how, how old are yeah. they now? Uh, my son turns 11 in less than two weeks, and my daughter will be nine on December 1st. So they're, they're, they still love picture books? They still love picture books. Um, and, you know, 
I work with some teachers and, you know, we, we have babysitters that are now teachers and they, they are even in fifth grade teachers, they will take something like animals in surprising shades, um, you know, Tangle Red Riding Hood. They're, they're learning those, um, you know, fables of folk tales and poetry. They use those even in fourth and fifth grade. So it's not, um, that these kids don't still love picture books because they do. I think sometimes we just tell them you need to move on to, you know, chapter books and things like that. But, but kids actually still like to read them and enjoy them quite a bit, even at, at those age levels. Absolutely. So you talked about Susan Johnson Taylor's brilliant book, Animals in Surprising yes. Shades. And uh, that's how we met. Thank you, Susan. And uh, you, yes, just have good, you just have good news to share. Shall I share the news? Oh, you shared out. Ah, I'm sorry, you, you shorted have, out. You have good news to share about Susan's book. Oh, good news to share about Susan's book? Yeah. This one right here? It's, yes. <laughs> um, well, it's done really well. Um, oh, you're, I know what you're referring to. Um, there's all kinds of things that go on behind the scenes that I can't say out loud, but um, this I can say. Yeah, we. Um, I was telling you earlier that I did not have um, a prior copy of, I'm sorry, my computer's doing something. A prior copy of this, I had just gotten this from the new printer because this is part of a second print run for, for this book. So um, yeah, it's done well. Um, that one's got a second print run. Um, a couple of others do too. So we're we're feeling pretty good about that one. It's can, done can really you, well. You, Sandra, uh, Susan's been on the show with this beautiful book, but can you show a couple of spreads? It's such a wonderful book. Mm. Maybe Maybe read your favorite poem. Oh gosh, no! You can't make me pick favorites. <laughs> um, you said I could I, ask you yeah. anything. Well, I will say that I love the blue-footed booby spread. Um, it's it's really beautiful, and I, I would love to get down to the Galapagos someday and see these. And a, a lot of it's because of this book and you know reading it. And I think there's just so much to learn. Well, on every page. Read, read that read that poem, please. It's such a short and beautiful one. Okay. The blue-footed booby. No candy hearts or rose bouquets, no string quartets or moonlit gaze. For ladies seeking true romance, it's all about his clumsy dance. So, and it's just, it's beautiful. And, uh, you know, Susan's words are beautiful. And then Annie, the Annie Bax, who did the um, illustrations, she just made these beautiful realistic but yet you know illustrated versions of these animals and it's it's just a gorgeous book um susan is beyond talented um I, you know there, there's more i could share about susan but i can't so i won't <laughs> um but she the, her book's done really well and um i love working with her and i i plan on having many more years working with her together i wish that for both of you she's wonderful uh, and um, among the other uh, recent books that you sent me, uh, I fell in love with the Tango uh, Little Red Riding Hood. Show yes. us that one. This one. Tango is, I love Tango. I just, I knew the minute I read it that I really wanted this book. And um, Rachel Hobbs, the the author of this, um, just does a lovely job of walking us through kind of that traditional format of the story but supplies quite a unique twist and it and caro who did carlina vasquez who did the um illustrations did such a great job with lighting and with kind of setting the mood but also um making it light and less scary i mean there's there's some pages that look a little frightening but then they're not as much and um you know we see some of the tango movements um, some beautiful details in there uh, with the the patterns that um, Caro brought in from the borough that is um, in Buenos Aires where the tango came from. So it's just, it's a beautiful book, has a great twist at the end, which you said really blew you away. So yeah, it, it was that. a real, it was a real curveball because uh, she lulls us into the situation, you know, where it's just another fractured fairy tale and then bang. <laughs> Yes. Right in your face. We won't give it away, but um, all your books are lovely. This one really literally threw me for a curveball. So 
and uh, it's got a lot of um, Spanish and uh, and a lot of back matter. So this would be a, a book that I insist that people purchase today. <laughs> it's wonderful, yeah. Tango Red Riding Hood. Um, it. What I really love about it is um, the Spanish is organic to the book. And by that, I mean, it's included in the text. And if you don't know Spanish, it's meant to use the English to understand it through context rather than, you know, on the page, we're defining what the word means. This is really written for anyone to pick up and understand the Spanish words. Um, but it also comes from her backgrounds um, and experience. So we, we wanted to include a little bit of Argentine culture and understanding that as well. So there is a glossary in the back with some more explanation about some, some of the things in the book to help people who maybe. And, and there's another thing that I want to, I want to shout out on your behalf. Um, you know, um, people ask for diverse cultures and diverse geographies, but um, usually they mean um purchasers who exist in the States. And there's a lot of Mexican people in the States, so we'll have a book about Mexico. Um, and you've gone to Argentina. You know, there aren't millions and millions of Argentinians in the States. So I thought that that was really special. Uh, that's just me. So I really, really love that book. Um, and now... Well, um, yeah. can I say one thing about that? You can what? say two things. You're on, okay. It's your show. <laughs> well, oh, what Rachel did second. not know. One second, one second. I forgot to introduce me. I got so excited. Oh, you did? Okay. I did. I introduced you. I did introduce <laughs> me. Hi, everybody. I'm Mel Rosenberg. I'm the host of the Children's Literature Channel, the New Books Network. Marshall, please splice this to the beginning. <laughs> I'm here with wonderful Sandra. Sandra Sutter, who is the chief gnome, the top gnome of Gnome Road Publishing. Nice to have you on the show, Sandra. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. We're just minutes. starting again. Yeah. Okay, Thank you, you go back now to Argentina. Okay, back, back to Argentina. So what Rachel didn't know when she submitted this, this particular manuscript, one of the first ones I, I read, by the way, when we opened Gnome Road, um, I, as a little girl, so my parents would take, we lived in kind of rural Colorado at the time, but my parents liked to take me to plays either in Denver or um, to the next town over that was a little bigger and had an auditorium. And one of the plays they would take me to was Evita. And, you know, the don't cry for me, Argentina, that one. Yeah, I loved, loved uh, hey, Evita. Hey, hey, continue, por favor. I know that no, you're no, saying no. <laughs> No, um, no. Uh, but anyway, yeah, I love, I love the Vita and I always wanted to go to Argentina. Um, and so I got this and I'm like, oh my gosh, it's a book, um, that is set in Argentina and, you know, tells more about the culture and it has the tango and music. And I just, I, it had everything I loved and she wouldn't have known that about me. But it just hit us, you know, a, a spot that reminded me of my childhood and something I love. So I was so thrilled to that um, she entrusted me with the with the story and and letting me um, make make a book out of it. That's wonderful. Now let's talk about Gnome Road. How many you, you publish practically only picture books, right? Yeah, at this time. Um, I really wanted to do a little bit more and broader, but there's only one of me. <laughs> and um, I, I, I'm, I'm happy because I live for picture books. So, you know, yeah, you I, hello. yeah, I love picture books too. And I, I, it's kind of the sweet spot for me. I just don't have the time to do more at this point in time, you know? So it's just, it's, it's a matter of, of that. I, I have seen some chapter books that I'm interested in. And I, I kind of would like to do those, but right now it's just, it's just not possible um, to, I'm, I cannot spread myself too thin. I'm one of those people who's like, you know, I've got to be fair to the, the, the people I've published, the people I am publishing, and I'm not going to overextend myself where I can't handle all the work. Um, so that's, that's really important to me. Um, that's, that, that's what I would consider like a boundary, like set that boundary so that, you know, I, I don't go too far and not have enough time to really focus on what I need to focus on. So yeah, let's, it's just let's, yeah. Now let's crunch on numbers a bit. 
And then we want to talk about authors and how to get past your uh, your submission wall. So, um, <laughs> so um, how many books do you publish a year? Um, so it's nine, nine, eight between eight and ten. Let's say that um, the first year was a little bit different because. I had in, I had intended to spread them out a little bit more, but part of my business model was having a distributor, like a full service distributor, and um, that's very hard to do without any published books. Um, so by the time I did do that and had the materials ready to show them and everything, um, I, I really needed to push them back. Like I was like, I'm not releasing this without everything. I'm a planner. I wanted it to be as smooth as possible. So I pushed some of them back and rearranged them. So this year we actually had, I think 10 books come out total, but it will stay between eight and 10. Um, so yeah. So um, do the, do the, do the distributors who have such a critical job, we talked about that between you and me, uh, do they have a say in the, um, in the books that are coming out? No, not really. Um, they actually, I just got off a meeting with um, my distributor uh, earlier this morning. We had what's called a, like the national sales team meeting where I talk about the spring list with them. So we do this like in the fall, I talk about the spring books and the spring I talk about the fall books and I'm really telling them everything, all the kind of details and marketing um, hooks that we have for each of them so they can go sell the books. So they, they don't really have input on what I take. Um, but when I'm submitting my metadata and I'm submitting, you know, example images and the cover, they will give feedback on that. Um, they have given some great feedback on a couple of books. Like I would submit the cover and they'd be like, oh, I think it would do better in the market if we did this or that. So we just go back and tweak it. Um, that, that's a fantastic relationship. Oh, I I got so lucky <laughs> with um, my distributor. Uh, that's just a whole other story in and of itself. But um yeah, I just I I was I just kept talking to people and staying open minded and talking to the next person and talking to the next person. Pretty soon someone was like, you know who you need to talk to is and they put me in touch with um, the people over at Baker and Taylor Publisher Services, which is not Baker and Taylor, the big company. It's it's a full service distribution company that's kind of like a subsidiary. Um, and, you know, they just we just hit it off and they had the right program for me, like, you know, how they did things and who their main clients were both in the trade and school markets. Um, they do gift market too. So those really fit with the types of books I was making. Um, and they liked what they saw, even though I didn't have anything published yet. So it, it really worked out nicely. It's incredible. And uh, um, well, okay. Even though you're relatively small publisher, it costs a fortune to publish a picture book. Um, yes. <laughs> even if you cut corners, you're looking at tens of thousands of dollars. Uh, even if you beg uh, illustrators to charge half of what they normally charge the big companies, it still costs tens of thousands of dollars to make a beautiful book, and you've made many. Yes. So yeah. where did this where did this uh, gnomic gumption come from? <laughs> um. Oh gosh, see that's just that it feels like a really long story. Um. But well, don't I, take too long because I have lots of questions. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, the short answer is I felt like it was my time to do it, and um, I I have a husband who's very supportive in that way. But I had been very supportive of him in his career and what he does, and and to the extent that he does it, he's he's very good let's, at what. Let's, he does. let's give a shout out to your husband. Who's your husband? Yeah. Um, his name's Wes. Um, so he, he works on horses. He's an equine surgeon. He works on high level horses. So like he, he, he went through residencies and all kinds of stuff to, to get where he's at. Um, so it was kind of like, okay, you're, you're where you need to be now. I want to go do this. And he's like, go do it. And, and here I am. Um, so you know, it, we just, we had that kind of relationship that it was time and um, I went for it. I, I, I think that that's beautiful. Hi, Wes. Hi, Wes. <laughs> Congratulations. I will tell him. 
I will tell him. Yeah, he's he's very supportive. And, um, you know, it's, particularly when I first started out, he really he would read the the manuscripts. He liked to read them, too. Now, now there's just less time to do all of those types of things. But, you know, he read stories to my kids. So we've read since the day where they they were born, both of them. And he had opinions on books, you know, whether we should ever read that one again, or the kids love this one. Um, and sometimes he'd be like, I don't understand why the kids love this one. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, we would talk about why the kids love this one and you know, what it was about it. Um, and so, you know, he just, he saw the value in it too, and saw that it was what I wanted to do. I, I love this rereadability and, and like focusing on what the, what the kids, they, they're the most important reader response, even though they don't buy the book. Um, so it, it, your, your approach, I think, is, is unique. Um, let's talk now some numbers for the authors, because you are a real traditional publisher. You mm-hmm. pay advances um, to authors, um, and you're taking a chance. Uh, how many um, submissions do you get a month from agents? Because usually you take submissions only from agents. Yeah, um, <laughs> that's a hard question to answer because I'm really not sure. Um, 20, I, 200, 2000. From agents? Yeah. No, no, not that, not that bad. And I've, I've actually, I filled up my fall 2025 or I filled up through 2025. So even agents I'm telling right now, look, I'm not even looking at this stuff until maybe the end of the year, the first of the year, if you send it, um, I would really like to be open like one day, like I did this past year for submissions. I, I don't know if that's going to happen right now. I can't promise it. I don't know um, because I do have a lot more agents sending material in. Um, I also try to take care of my, my nomies. <laughs> you know, they, they are, um, I have some really talented writers and illustrators um, that they still submit. They know they can submit things to me. Um, and I have taken some of their material, even for 2026. So uh, being so small and and having a, a good group that's already there and then getting stuff from agents, it may make it very hard to have any availability on even next year's list. But I'll decide that <laughs> probably around the beginning of the year. And that will help me decide whether I'm going to be open for a submission day. Mm-hmm. Um, I do like to take new authors. I do like to take ones that are unagented as well as agented. Um, I don't think agented necessarily determines any ability that you have to write. In fact, I've seen wonderful material at um, a lot of people from unagented submissions. And um, I hope people understand that, that, you know, you're having an agent doesn't say anything about the, the quality of your material. Just makes a difference on whether you can get in a door or not it does and that's that's one second isn't that sad it it is and it and i i understand why too because i can't stay open like i the number of submissions i get even on one day if i say i'm open to submissions (laughs) it's a lot thousands how many how many thousands i'd get i i would get thousands and and from Um, thousands in one day more than one thousand yeah yeah so yeah i mean and i really i like to try to respond to everybody um sometimes hold on, hold on sandra this is like a really interesting question here Let, let's dwell on this oh i dwell on it <laughs> a lot you 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 were an author mm-hmm. right and you had a couple of books with um i keep forgetting their name uh, spork clean yeah. fork blue spork, spork. Um, and so you know how hard it is to get a, um, a deal with a traditional publisher. And yeah. I also know, I also know. Um, but if you think that the agents don't do a good filtering job, um, and I'm not sure they do. Uh, let me ask you this question. This is going to be a bit of a difficult question, okay? What are the agents really doing when they take one out of a thousand manuscripts? What are they thinking? That this is a wonderful, wonderfully written um, uh, story, or that I can sell it to Sandra? What 
What do you think? <laughs> I think it's a combination. It depends on the agent. I mean, I, I have really enjoyed working with a, a lot of the agents that have sent me material in. I have. They're, they, I think most of them are really trying to do the best they can by the authors that they've got. Um, and I, I don't know that they, they're not doing a good job of filtering. That's, that's not what I'm trying to say. I'm just trying to say that there's a lot of good material out there and it's not just through agents, you know, it's and whether it's agented or not. And I want people to know that if you don't have an agent, doesn't mean your material is not good, but I do think it's a bit like what it is like for me as a publisher, it's some kind of connection with that story that, you know, the, the agent has some personal thing about them that connects to that story and they feel something about it. Well, well hold, hold on, hold on here. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay. So I want to, I want to focus here because I think it's really, really important. Okay. You love stories about Argentina. You love stories about cats and you love stories maybe about horses because of your wonderful husband's career. So <laughs> I don't know about that. I, yeah, let, I don't ride horses. That, I don't ride no, horses. Okay. Let, let's just say, <laughs> let's just say that uh, you love, if you get a story about uh, autumn leaves, right. Then mm -hmm. um, this is going to do something to you because that that's what stories are, right? They, they either pull a heartstring or not. And uh, you're not going to publish a book that doesn't pull your heartstring. Right. That's absolutely but, right. But in the middle, <laughs> after the author has worked with the critique group and, and honed and written the manuscript, and the manuscript is not about uh, autumn leaves, it's about snow and it's a beautiful manuscript. Um, or <laughs> maybe it's about autumn leaves and you would love it, but the agent is a snow person. Right. So I, I, I've been in this for almost 10 years, writing and interviewing people. It took me about eight years for my first traditional published book to come out. Uh, it's a real trek and a bitch and an uphill climb and almost impossible. But there's something wrong that you and I have to figure out because you're a wonderful person. And if I am the filter, if I'm the agent... Picking books that are connected to what I love, uh, yoga, uh, buttermilk pancakes, right? Then mm -hmm. I'm going to ignore really good manuscripts that maybe would interest you because you don't want books about buttermilk pancakes. I'm going to shut up now. Oh, well, I, I do actually like buttermilk pancakes, but um, uh, I do. Uh, and I got a submission about pancakes that I really loved, but um, I still think it goes back to even agents don't necessarily know what I love and I, I will get things from agents that I'm like this just isn't for me and there's nothing you can do about it it just it isn't for me even though it might be for them and they may really really love it or they think I'm going to take the example of the horses they think oh you know your husband he's an equine surgeon you must love horses nope <laughs> I, I I do like horses don't get me wrong they're beautiful animals but I don't own any, um, well, not here. I don't own any at my house. I don't ride any that, anything like that. Um, so yeah, you know, people might think I love horse rescue books or something, but that that's not actually me. Um, so they wouldn't know that they might send it thinking that, but not know that. And agents are the same. What's resonating with them may or may not resonate with me. And a lot so, of it is me. I have to develop the, a relationship the, with them. So Sandra, yeah. yeah, Sandra, the the best books don't get to you. The best uh, books don't get to me. Yeah, I, I once I once made a calculation that if a if a, an agent gets things right ninety seven percent of the time, uh, receiving a thousand manuscripts a month, he's going to miss most of the good ones, um, even if he's ninety seven percent right. Um, mm -hmm. It's just it's just a numbers thing. So. You have, I'm going to say, a few dozen submissions a month, because I have to guess, from agents. Yes. Mm -hmm. A few dozen. And then you open up once a year, and you're, you have a deluge of uh, yeah. one or 2,000 manuscripts. Mm -hmm. And from those, you pick uh, eight or 10. Mm -hmm. uh, and you all, But you, even, you don't pick eight or 10, because you have your stable of wonderful authors. So maybe you pick three or four from new authors, maybe three or four. Yes. 
a year out of thousands and thousands and thousands of manuscripts. Yes. And you might not be getting the best ones. I think I have. (laughs) I, I, I love the books I have, but here, here's also the, the other thing I look at, you know, is I'm looking at what is best. I, you know, that's such a relative term. Best is what kids want to read and not just one kid over here or this kid over there, like all kids. So they, they should have a variety of different things to read. I, I want every kid to be able to say, I like that book at Gnome Road. It doesn't have to be the same book. They all at least see one that they, they feel they love. Right. So what's best isn't really like what we say is best. Um, what an agent says is best, or even the kid like community as a whole says that's the best book that we have this year. It's the best, you know, no, I'm going to agree with you uh, just because you and I think that Susan's book is terrific, but here you have <laughs> the kosher seal of approval from children. And you're now running a second print. Right. Yeah. It's um, it is a great but, book. But but, but but do all of your do all of your books sell out uh, within a year? Are there books that you thought would do better and didn't? I mean, if you have if you sell all your books, then I want to purchase shares in your company. <laughs> Um, not all of them have sold out right away. Um, I do have a couple going into second printings. So you have to remember too that our we're small. So our our first print runs, especially this first year, were smaller than you know, like the print runs I'm doing for the spring are a bit bigger because I know that we're running out of books on some of them. Um, you know, others are a, a slower kind of. Uh, build up that they are eventually going to run out, but that maybe not quite as quickly. Um, so no, not all of them have, I think eventually all of them will. Um, it's just a, you know, a little bit different and this being our first year too, you know, there's definitely a progression from the first batch to the second batch, you know, because people knew about Gnome Road, um, just getting the word out there. So it's, I don't want to like compare those necessarily to those because there's different circumstances, especially being first. But um, yeah, there there are books. I think that this would be true for any publisher. They'll be like, oh, I think this one is it's going to be the hot one that season. And then lo and behold, you're like, whoa, wait, that's the hot one this season. Um, and it might surprise you a little bit what it's what it's going to be. Um, but I think overall, you're looking at are these appealing to children? Are they um, ones that they're buying and they, you know, continue to buy, so that you're still having a good sell through through the year? But, that's but we, that's we, really we, important. We can't predict it. No, 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 <laughs> I, no. But I let me just say, I um, I gotta get this one out. I, I love them all. They're all my book babies. But of this course. one, this one has done very, very well. Um, it's. I knew it the moment I saw the text. Uh, this is by Jen Afir Jasinski and Anita Bagdi is the illustrator who um, just beautiful job. Um, but I knew, I knew the moment I read the text, I was like, this, this is a, it's a winner. <laughs> and it, it is, I got a starred review in school library journal. It's done really well. Um, so a, a lot, a lot of them have, I've got other things around here, but they, they, um, you know, sometimes you just see it and you're like, I I have to like tango. Like I knew I, it, it hit a chord with me. So, so to speak, haha pun. So did this one. I played the piano as a, as a girl and I have a baby grand in my basement because I love to play, but I'm not good. But um, they wouldn't have known that about me. But I also, you know, I will say when I, all of my Gnome Road books, whether they were picked as a favorite in school library journal or not. When I read them, I was like, yes, I see what this can do. I can see how um, kids will really like this. And then my job as a publisher is trying to find the avenues to get it into the kids' hands. So um, there are, of course, are gonna be adult gatekeepers that determine that. So, you know, trying to explain to them how this fits in a kid's life. And then when the kid gets it, then they can, you know, go, go with it. But, um, I think all of them have that appeal. It's just certain ones might take off because the gatekeepers see the value in it too. Um, and then 
it, it just might have a different trajectory than others. Um, and uh, you are the one who, uh, as the top gnome, uh, decides who the illustrator is going to be for each uh, each book? Yes. Yeah, that is actually fun. Um, unless it's an author illustrator, you know, that we've already decided they are illustrating the the, the book. Um, it's a lot of fun. And this is kind of the part I, I really enjoy is finding the right illustrator for the text, like blending those two together, which goes back to, I think what I was telling you earlier that I was this yearbook editor and I had to design uh, things and put them together. I, 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 no, I want you to segue now to your job as a counselor. What, I think I, I think a picture books is a marriage of the author and the illustrator, like in or, orthodox, uh, ultra-orthodox families where, you know, you the parents pick the bride and like, you know, you're under the chuppah and hello there, <laughs> hi, I'm, I'm George, I'm Rebecca. Yeah, I to some extent, yeah. Um, although, I, you know, the authors and illustrators don't really squabble like, kids would at all. So um, I also really like to work with, you know, when I when I talk with people, I, I kind of get a sense of who they are first. I want to work with people that I think are going to be lovely to work with because we're going to have a relationship for at least about two years until the book comes out and beyond. So I'm really trying to look for people that are, aren't just talented, but that I enjoy talking to. Um, sometimes they, they may or may not be you know, somebody who wants to be ultra chatty or anything like that, that's fine. Um, and sometimes they are, that's not a requirement by any means. Um, but all people who want to do the best job they can for a book and, you know, bring it, bring it a life of its own. And I really like pairing up those illustration styles and the illustrators with the text. And, um, you know, I feel like that's the most fun fun part of it and especially when I see it come together and I'm like yay this is good um I actually have a little sneak preview so the the spring season coming out one of the books that's coming out um is the imposter and my printer just sent this so if Laura Bowers out there Creasa Green right now I have a copy of of it that's just come in and I'm very excited about it it's it is the cutest book um, and Carissa just really brought the right illustrations to this cute, cute, cute story. Um, the imposter, it's adorable. I would love to see the P PDF of that one um, because I have a, a feeling that I know what it's about. Um, and uh, it sounds, like <laughs> sounds like a wonderful It's so cute. Um, and it has those moments in there that even parents are going to identify with and go like, oh yeah, yeah, I've been there, done that. So, yeah. There's a, there's a lot of authors listening. Um, do you have any advice before I asked you again about your one day opening a year? Do you have any sage advice for authors uh, knowing that the odds are a thousand to one against them? Yeah. As an, I mean, as an author. There's a lot to say there. Um, you know, I would, I, one reason I wouldn't open for submissions is I'm not going to put authors through that. I know what it's like, how much time it took and how much energy, emotion is put into sending a submission. So if I don't open, it's because I'm not going to put someone through that. And, um, you know, I feel it's a little disingenuous to be like, oh, we're open, but we're not taking anything. So, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to do that to, to, to people, um, I think each publisher is different and you know what what goes for one might not go for the other. For me, if you want advice on submitting to me, I will I'll give it to you right now. One is don't submit to me if we're closed. <laughs> I I it creates more work for me and for, for us in just pure organizational terms of somebody submitted something knowing we're closed. We're closed. I'm not taking it. There's a reason we're closed. Now I have this email in my inbox that I have to do something with, you know, and I'm one of those people who feels like I need to at least reply back saying we're closed, even though there's an auto reply saying we're closed. So don't do that. Um, really look at the books that have either come out already or that might be in the pipeline, you know, look at the website because chances are if I have a book called My Piano, 
I'm not going to take another book on the piano because we're small. I mean, we just, it's too close in time. Um, we're small. Um, so th th don't do that. I do like comp titles. It does help. Do I require them? No. Did I like doing them as an author? No, I did not. <laughs> but they they are they're helpful and um, gives me a sense of, of what the author thinks about their own material as well. And you don't have to tell me a, a whole bunch of stuff in the, in the query letter. You just get to the point and tell me something about you. I do want to know um, so, some of these, some people submitting, I know you, I know you guys. Yeah. Hi. Thank you for always submitting. Um, I, I love their material. I'd love to read their stuff. I know when I see their name, I'm like, this is going to be a good story solidly written, that kind of thing. Um, it might not be a good match right away, but I at least enjoy reading it. So um, yeah, just kind of follow the rules of submission. Um, I like, I have the rules there for a reason. So I like when people follow them. Yeah. Well, you are a, uh, a real magician. Um, being able to turn out such beautiful books with uh, such a small environment is really miraculous. And um, now I think I have a better understanding and certainly I hope the people who have been watching and listening to the, our wonderful conversation. Um, and I'm going to ask you just one last question because I want to help the 99.9% .9 of authors who aren't agented um, and, who, and who realize that in order to get your first book published, you have to be better than 99.9% .9 of the other manuscripts and lucky, both. Yeah, luck um, is there. So, so, so let's say, Sandra, I'm going to ask you like now my last difficult question. Um, you open on February the 14th, 2025. It's also Valentine's Day, by the way. Um, and... Um, and you're open for one day, and let's say you only get a thousand picture book submissions. I don't know why. It's easy for the numbers. Yeah, uh, that sounds nice. <laughs> okay, let's say let's say two thousand, but you're only looking for two new books anyway. Right. So you're going to read now a thousand, two thousand submissions, hoping, hoping that you find two good books. How do, How do I do that? Yeah. <laughs> um. Well, it takes Excuse time me for asking. No, it, it takes time. Um, and I, I do actually go through and read, read all of those. So, um, sometimes you can get a feel what right away, whether it's, it's going to be the right thing or not. Um, and I, I kind of have these different piles that it goes, I say piles, they're, they're more like boxes that it goes into. And one is like, this is going to be a no, you know, it's, it's not going to work for whatever reason. Maybe it was, maybe they didn't follow the rules and they sent me five manuscripts. When I say only send one, there's a reason for that, you know, and I'm like, no, 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 you can't follow the rules. I <laughs> follow the rules, except for oh. maybe there, there might be a gym in there. So I, I can't help but not, you know, I look, but, but I'm, I'm probably, I, it's not a good way to start out a relationship, but it's, it's strike, strike one. Yeah. I, you know, I, I think of, again, having been a counselor at one time, like you have boundaries and relation relationships and they've just crossed that first boundary. Um, so I, that doesn't feel very good. Um, but then I kind of have this pile that's, a uh, kind of a maybe like, yeah, this, this is, this is good. It, it it's good. It has potential. And then I, I even have, I'm kind of sorting them into that, um, but even when I have one that I don't think is going to be good, even before I send a, a reply that, uh, a decline letter, I like to say decline, not rejection, because I, I'm not rejecting the person's work. I'm really just declining to publish it because it's not, it's not the right fit, but it's, it's not a rejection because I don't think it's horrible. That's not it. Um, but I do look at it Sandra, again. Sandra, one second. Sure. Hold, hold on. In, in all fairness, you were an author. A letter of declination is just like a letter of rejection. I know how it feels, but okay. word, words do matter. They do. Okay. Right. And so from a publisher's perspective, I'm declining. I'm not rejecting. Um, my intent okay. is not to reject. 
And the only reason we feel it's, you know, rejection is because we've been told that's what the word is. It's a rejection. And so that kind of sticks and it, it drives this feeling and meaning to it. But I prefer to look at it a different way. And, you know, it's, I'm declining that work. I'm not rejecting it at all. Um, but I do look at even, even the ones that I've kind of decided no, aren't going to be a good fit. I look at them again, just to make sure, um, that I haven't missed something there that might be a good fit, but it takes time. I mean, this is why, you know, publishers, we can't make a decision right away. We can't, there's just too much involved. Um, I do have helpers. I, yeah, I can't say who all of them are, especially like on my acquisitions team, because I don't want people bugging them either saying, can you get this to Sandra? Because that kind of thing. Um, but I, I have to shout out to Bonnie Kelso. She does a lot of the social media and the graphics and helps with book design. Um, she's the author of, I'll show you. She's the author of Nudie Gill, Poison Powerhouse in the State, um, and has Sea Smiles coming out this spring, um, which is the first of a series. Bonnie is amazing. Um, and I work with her a lot. She's she's somebody on the Gnome Road team that I just want to give a shout out to. But um, so I don't do it all alone. I don't do it all alone. Um, but when those submissions come in, uh, because I'm the one who publishes such a small amount, I'm going to be looking at every single submission. I don't have anyone weeding them out for me yet. Um, I've you know I've had people express interest in doing that, but I'm not quite ready to give up that control, which is one reason why I'm not opening for submissions at certain times, because I can't, I can't do that all. Okay. But, uh, and and, and do you want to guess? Yeah, uh, yes, you answered the question marvelously. Um, and I guess my final question, how many books to date? How many books have been published? 10, I believe. Um, okay. Five and, each and, season. And, and what about you, Sandra? You're an author. Yes. You've, uh, am I, I going to publish them on my own? You sent me. You sent me a lovely Halloween uh, uh, book. Yes, stands frightful Halloween. Yes. Um, so maybe there there may be some things um, going on to make that happen. It's at some point in time. Right now, let me say this too to all you authors out there. <laughs> um, I when I started publishing and getting material in, I was like man, my stories just aren't that good. <laughs> I I realized that there were so many talented writers out there. And, um, you know, I started to look at my own writing a little bit differently, thinking, oh, this could be better. Or I don't think I would choose this. You know, if it was, if it was me reading it, it's my own story. And if it's me reading it as a publisher, I'm, I'm not going to be interested in it. So, it really changed how I look at my own writing as well. Um, and there's just so much talent out there that, and I have such little space on my list that I'm not sure my one of my stories is even the right, you, the right fit such, for it. You're such a kind and, and generous and, and giving person. Uh, but, you know, you could say to yourself, uh, this is a great opportunity for me uh, to become even better because I think even great writers can always improve. Oh, and, Absolutely. And and now that you have published a couple of books of your own, and you've already seen ten through the whole process, um, I would think that your writing, if you choose to find time, right, would be something that would be like hugely improved because you know, you know, sometimes, um, you know, I think part of the the reason that writers don't succeed, like me is that I get an idea and I say, oh, this is going to be great. This is going to be great, great, great. You're going to write it and you revise it in critique groups and whatever and my mentor, da, 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 da. And it doesn't work. But one of the reasons it doesn't work is because I'm not the publisher. I can't see it the way you see it. <laughs> but you right. can. So, you know, all your little um, your little uh, sprouting ideas, you can you can choose which are the ones to, to run with. I can't. I do. You know, it's funnier asking this i have about five of my old manuscripts like on my desktop right now that i was like you know i should revisit these and 
And that's when I open it up and I cringe like, oh my gosh, like I, but, but we all do that. Even if you're not a publisher, you open up an old version of something and go, what was I thinking? Cause your perspectives have changed or your experiences change, you know, what it, what it might be. But I, I've thought about it. And if the right thing is there, um, the right time, uh, circumstances, then, then yes. Yeah, I will. I, I have one that's open. Not it's not open on the desktop, but it's on the desktop that happens to have cats in it, of course, because I love cats. So, and I don't have a cat book, but here's the thing. I'm like, well, what if somebody sends me a book with cats in it that features cats? I should say features because there's, there's cats in some books, but, um, what if they send me one that's better? I might want to do that one. Um, so you, you never know. Um, but it's on, it's on my mind. Maybe it's, you know, I have the ability to do it. I can. Of course. Um, so it might happen, but I just, I've really enjoyed seeing all of the, the manuscripts other people have. And there's just so many talented writers out there, illustrators out there. And um, the I'll say one thing, the, the ones that really get me, if I, when I get a good laugh, or a real like, oh my gosh, kids are gonna love this. Those those feelings are, you know, I'm. I don't feel I can top that with my own writing yet, but when I can, then maybe that will be the one. And I'm sure you will. So, uh, Sandra, this has been wonderful. Um, we, I'm gonna get shot now, uh, not because of the war, but for overstepping my time limitations. And I'm joking because I don't have time limitations. We've been talking for <laughs> almost an hour, and it's. It's been incredible. Uh, it's and you have been to, a lot you of fun. Go, yeah, you have to go back to publishing, and I need to talk to you. So we're going to say goodbye to everybody, and then you're going to leave and come back, and we'll have like a little summary. Um, Sandra Sutter, the chief top executive gnome of, mm -hmm. of Gnome Road, a brand-new picture book publisher with wonderful books out and more wonderful books to come. Uh, it was wonderful having you on the uh, interview. You've taken my mind off of our horrific uh, situation here. Uh, bless you, dear. You're a true, but the Jews say you're a mensch. That's a big compliment. <laughs> it is, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm and, thank uh, you. And Susan Johnson Taylor, when she recommended you, boy, was she right. It took oh. too long. I, I hope that we'll be able to have another conversation uh, next year. In the meantime, I'm Mel Rosenberg. What am I? I'm the host of the Children's Literature Channel of the New Books Network. And this has been wonderful. Sandra, go out and come back. We'll say goodbye. Bye-bye to all our okay. wonderful audience. Thank you, everyone. Wonderful. And thank you, Mel. Thank you. My pleasure.